Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. Still here. Mm. Hello, guys. Yes, we are. Playoffs still happening. It's the first round. Still, we could have an elimination today. Two. Two. It's Washington's playing as well, right? Yeah. We could have a pair of eliminations today, and the Leafs and Habs are only a one-on-one piece. The, so, <laughs> this podcast could be outdated by the time it's released. When do we ask Syria to play Gloria? Uh, we could probably get copyrighted for that. <laughs> we probably. Would. I don't think they're going to play Gloria today in St. Louis anyway. But we'll I. talk about that a little later in the show. We're going to open with. We're not even going to talk about F one because Monaco sucks. It is the worst track. Nothing happened. I know that's it's so it's such it's like an historic track, but it's like you know the overtaking isn't it's just not there. A spectacle, lots of money, it looks sick, it produces the worst racing ever because there is no racing, there's I wonder, no overtaking. It's, I wonder when I wonder when the cars get a little bit smaller with the new regulations, how that changes. Hope it's gonna be like the NHL with the smaller goalie pads. And that should not happen. <laughs> Stop taking away from the goaltenders. It's ridiculous. Have some respect. God damn it. They're forcing to bring back the, the hybrid stand-up goalies. Uh, get out of here. <laughs> That's out. That's out. Okay. Well, uh, we'll get it out the way to start. Leafs Habs, they're tied 1-1 in the series. And you know what I was thinking last night when I was watching the game? First off, it's really weird to think right now, if you compare the Leafs and the Habs, Technically, their identity is actually really mixed if you look at the history of the team. Just a little thing I was thinking of, it's like the Leafs have always been the more hard-nosed or the blue-collar team. And the, the you know, the, I almost said the Nordiques. And the Habs have always been the more finesse team, but in, in this playoff series, it's actually very much the opposite. I don't know, that was just a bit of history thinking I was I was looking at last night. Um, because my mind was other way because I didn't want to focus on the game because it sucked for Montreal. Right. Um, we're going to cover both game one and two today um, because – I just I think we've done it for every other series, so we'll do it. So sure. we'll start with game one. And I think the first thing we need to mention is uh, get well soon. Quick recovery to John Tavares after a free collision after Ben Chirot hits him. He falls to the ice, and within like a split second, Corey Perry tries to get out the way. He accidentally catches Tavares' head with his knee. Um, Tavares is stretched off the ice. Um, I'm sure everyone has seen the replay considering it has been replayed to hell everywhere. It's been kind of disgusting. I'm sure people have all seen the covers and publications throughout Canada. Um, I guess we should mention it to start. I think we're all in agreement that Corey Perry did not mean to concuss. And if I don't know if, if that hit also affected the knee injury Tavares has, but I think we can all three of us agree that that was not done on purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. It was a freak accident. Yeah, it was a freak accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was very upset in the moment 
I, I don't any I don't think there was a single fan who was not upset in the moment. I got I, over it quite quickly, but I was just shocked. I don't know. It just it was just one of those moments right. that you're just you're you are watching it, but you just don't think like, is this actually happening? Especially when Tavares tried to get up. That that pained me a lot. That that, was, that hurt. That hurt. It was difficult to watch. It was what's I, I sort of an unexpected thing about having no fans in the stands and when you're watching games is when you have a scenario like this, how quiet it is. It's terrifying. And it's the second time this te- the team has had to deal, deal with it. Yeah, Muzzin, right? Mm. Yeah. Against Columbus. Yeah. That's... Uh, so apparently he, he is okay now. He's at home. He's resting. Apparently the knee injury is a two-week recovery time. He's out indefinitely. Yeah, um, he has a concussion. So safe to say he'll be gone for this series. Yeah, I think he will be gone for multiple series. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's like it was bad. Yeah. Like it was a freak accident. I get it, but there's still what it maybe what it looked like, it's not as bad as what it looked like. Uh but it like he didn't he looked out cold. I, I had mm. people texting me thinking that he had he had a broken neck. Yeah, that, that was the one that scared me a lot too, was um when we didn't get the MRIs or CT scans back and there was still that speculation like, is there any like spine damage? Um, yeah, so anything like with his nerves, yeah. No structural damage done apparently at all, which is such Thank a relief to know about I also want to ask you guys, I had a really big problem with the next day. People were kind of blaming Ben Chirot because apparently there was a way he led in with the hit on Tavares. It wasn't knee. knee on knee, but he led with his knee kind of. I thought he was a bit tasteless in the aftermath to sort of pin it on Chirot because I feel like you remember when Sidney Crosby got concussed against the Capitals a couple of years ago and there was there was two separate incidents. It's when he was brought down and then there was, I believe it was a cross check that gave him a concussion. Was that Dave Steckel, right? It may have. No, no, I don't think it was Steckel. It was, I'm, I'll try and find it. Ovechkin was involved in the play though. I know that. Um, I, I just, I didn't like that because I, I mean, like, it just, it felt like I don't think in that, what was happening, we needed to find someone to blame. And it was, I, I just thought it was just, it's, as we've been saying, it's a freak accident. I mean, like, did we really need to do that? Do we need to blame Ben Chirot for Corey Perry accidentally going, like, and kneeing someone? I, I just, I don't like people trying to find fault in this. I, I don't think it was fair on Ben Chirot. I don't think, like, just looking at Corey Perry alone, he was not the same in that game. And afterwards, he looked, he was spooked. After what happened, and these these are two players that played in junior together and have played world championships, probably in the Olympics in there. Yeah, 2014. Um, I, I I just I don't think that was fair of people to do. And I, I'm I'm saying that about like Chris Versteeg, and I believe it was JD Bunkus was sharing the same thought. I don't know if there's bias Haps fan in me there. No, I don't but. see what the I I get the point you're making, but I. I I think there's a difference between blaming him for the end and saying the hit wasn't the best. I I think the there he, that argument can be split up, right? Mm-hmm. If if they're going if if the if the argument is that the way he hit him 
resulted in Corey Perry in what core the freak accident that happened. Like, no, that, that doesn't, that's not a fair argument like that. Of course you can't blame Ben Sherrod for what happened, what Corey, the incident from court that Corey Perry and John Tavares, but I think it, Mm. we can talk, if you want to talk about the hit itself, that's, I think that's fair, but to blame Mm. the end result on Ben Sherrod is not fair. Mm -hmm. For me, it was, it was a puck battle, right? It was something where he was just trying to finish his check and it was just the way it was kind of placed as well. It was just an awkward angle. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just some, it's something that, you know, notwithstanding the whole thing with Corey Perry, it's, it's a run of the mill type of play when you're, you know, you're puck battling. And mm-hmm. it's just, again, what we said, it's un- unfortunate, but I, I don't know. I don't think that there was this intent. And I think that's the biggest thing that there wasn't the intent for what this end result ended up being. No, yeah, no. So, so, some other stuff that was kind of weird. The the Felino fight afterwards. I get it. Like I, I get Felino saying that you know my captain's on the ice. So I felt like Corey Perry didn't even throw a punch at me. No. Like he was just. Uh, it was just him taking his licks. I thought that was a bit eighties. I'm not gonna lie. I I've heard both sides of it. Um, someone I was talking to about it right after it happened said yeah like you're fighting over a freak accident Mm -hmm. right um why like that defeats the purpose if if it was intentional then we're having a different conversation Mm -hmm. but this was a freak accident i'm on i'm on the side of he i i don't think the fight needed to happen but i'm not like i'm not gonna i guess i'm not gonna complain about it I think it could have been done in other ways. I think there was more to do with Felino looked at every single person on that bench and reasonably. So the body language was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you just like, he's, you just saw your captain unconscious on the ice. That's not a great, the thumbs up is, is great, but you just saw like, we all just witnessed that. Yeah. Right. I think there was some of that in there as well as to try to, I guess, spark the team. I don't think not necessarily needed to, the fight needed to happen, but. It, you talk about not. like how difficult it is for us as, as hockey fans to watch. You know, I think Austin Matthews, facial expression showed like, those are his friends that saw this happen. It was more than just teammates. Those are his friends. Yeah. Um, uh, that was and, and good on apparently so everyone saw and seen that clip of Kyle Dubas as the incident happens like storms out the box I'm sure I think it was originally to make sure that Tavares' family were getting updates which I thought was pure class on his part by the way yeah a lot of people have some vendetta against Kyle Dubas but there's one thing I can say as an outsider looking in on him and his history is uh, he's a compassionate GM think back to Ilya Mikheyev and after like the skate incident with him last year and his wrist, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. He stayed, he was stayed at the hospital. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. He cares, man. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, like if I'm going to talk about the one thing for the fight, I agree with Alex. When you look at the different reactions you have on Twitter about it, either from, you know, just the, the, the spectators, the quote unquote spectators or the, you know, established reporters and journalists on it. The one thing that, kind of bothered me when someone said 
I, I, I can't remember who said, but they talked, they compared it to that Tom Wilson incident. And I don't think it's at all the same. Because again, what I said before with intent, but they, he, they, 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 a lot of people described it in a way that they don't want this to linger throughout the series. They want some sense of accountability and the whole thing of the code. And Corey Perry understands the code. And we let's settle this right now. And hopefully this doesn't become another distraction. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it did. I know Simmons was going after Perry later in the game, but I think that was more just Corey who they Perry are yeah. playing the playoffs. And just, right. I think he, Perry himself said that was just me playing my game, AKA stirring the pot, right. um, which was fun. Um, fun to see Corey Perry still play playoff Corey Perry. You know, I don't know if he'll address next game. That. Uh, I'm finishing off just talking about game one is I think you can very much say afterwards, um, it was even to start before the Tavares stuff. You could very much see it was Montreal trying to keep the game very, very tight. They were finishing their checks, um, and it was also at the same time we do have to acknowledge that Leafs team after the incident were shaken up. They very much are. Um, though I, I don't want people completely taking the win away from Montreal no. because I think no. after they settled down, especially in the second period. I thought the Leafs had a lot of really good looks. Especially Matthews and Nylander. Holy crap. They were, and they've continued to be really good in this series. Um, and not to mention Carey Price was pretty good. Yeah, he, he's back. <laughs> I had a, yeah. yeah, I had a conversation with my mom about who doesn't really watch a whole lot of hockey, but mm-hmm. it, it was more about the, um, the way the team looked after. And she, the way she described it was that the rest of the first period, like – it, it, it was for the team. It felt like it was kind of a write-off like, man, like it's yeah. just, it was tough. The second period they came out, my mom said, she thinks when they got in there, that the, the leaders in that room probably stepped up and mm-hmm. it, it built the team up. But by the third period, it, she thinks that it, everything started to sink in. And then you can kind of get that from the quotes afterwards. Like, Clearly, they all were wondering what was going on with John Tavares. And I, I don't want, let me be clear, I don't want to take the win away from Montreal. I think Montreal played a, a, a very good game. And I think they deserved, I think they probably deserved to win that game. Like, but I just think in this case, th- this was lingering mm-hmm. the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, I think the last thing, like on game, because we want to spend game two much because that's the most recent one. Uh, two notes: the price save on Mitch Marner. Wow. Hello there, <laughs> um, and holy crap, Paul Byron! I didn't see that coming. I don't know. That was another thing. I'm like, did that so just happen? Rewind to last show when it was like, so who do you take out? And Daniel was like, Paul Byron. And what did I say to you, Daniel? What did I say? Penalty killer, fast. Yes. He and said, like, sorry, I told you. He's like, he's like, I don't want to say I told you so, but... I, I told you so. Yeah. It was... I thought that was Ovechkin for a sec. I thought, like, left-handed Ovechkin? What's this from Ottawa? Oh, my lord. That was... Honestly, I think that, that was the nicest Habs goal I've ever seen. Maybe really? TK against, against, like, Boston is up there just for the energy, but, like, on his knees, still getting the shot away, the way he kept the puck... Like, hold of it, you when Sandine brought him down? Holy crap. But then, like, all this good feeling for Montreal goes out the way last night. 
And I thought the first period in both game, guys, I thought it was kind of the same way. It was, it was Montreal trying to keep it tight. I thought it was an even first period, but I thought definitely the longer it went on, the more the Leafs were able to open up the game. And then in the second or third, I, I just – I'm not – I hate – I hate in the playoffs complaining about officiating because it's the same every year. But holy cow, I, 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 Gallagher getting that cross-check fine – but are we ignoring the butt end of the stick he got at the exact same time? And by the way, the the was the holding call on Zach Hyman in the first? What the hell was that? We're going to talk about this later. But like the fines that some coaches are going to be getting soon. And yes, Barry Kakiani was asked last night. So all those penalties, he's like, I want to see something, but I can't. I, and it's I, not like if those calls also Montreal got them, they weren't going to score on the power play anyways because they can't. But like... Every year, I don't know why we are continued to be surprised by the lack of consistency of playoff officiating, but it is so, so infuriating. I thought the uh, the microphone thing, you know, that literally would have opened everything up. Oh, of course, no, come on. Did we call it Mike Gate? No. Mike. That Gate. sounds like I'm saying Mike Jagusar Gate, but no, no, no. M I C Gate. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like someone who's banned from the show for like the next week and a half. No, um, no. I mean, yeah, the officiating has not been great. Um, not just it, not just in this series. Like, we'll get to it later, but there are plenty of coaches who are having their their say on this. Right. I haven't been paying much attention to Carolina, uh, Nashville, because yeah, Nashville. But apparently, Carolina have just been getting jobbed all series when it comes to power plays and such. But yeah, it was mentioned on the headlines. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it later. And let's let, let's talk about this, right? Let, let's just let's. That was the worst challenge I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I didn't get it. I don't know. I when I was when it happened, I'm like, what am I watching? So I saw. So I was watching it with with Mike last night on FaceTime and I saw Mark Bergevin pointing to the screen, to the, to the TV screen in the box. So I, and I'm like, okay, I see what he's seeing. Right. Cause it looks like Joe Thorne's stick does come down when you look at it from the top, but in every other angle they showed on television, I did not understand where he was coming from. It was, first off, you knew the moment that you got that image, uh, it was going to be meme-worthy. And I've seen some pretty good ones today. Um, there were. The Leo DiCaprio meme, where they're yeah. pointing back at each other. Yeah, I... <laughs> they did it for Kadri, too, I remember, with, like, Leaf fans watching the Colorado game. But, like, like listen, the, the GM, and by the way, like, let's make it clear, he did not call down to the bench and say, challenge this. That's, in that very moment, a GM saying hey there, this is happening, my team, I'm unhappy. Like, if, like, look at Pierre Dorian throwing his drink across the room a couple couple months ago. That's him in the moment. It's much different. Like, laugh at the GM all you want, and it was kind of funny to cut back to do what he was laughing at. It was, that was pretty good. The fact that the video coach, and Ducharme confirmed afterwards, it was my final call, but apparently everyone on the bench apparently had agreed that they should have challenged it, including Sean Burke. Because apparently they think that Thornton had contact on Terry Price's stick. Now, the way I interpret goaltender interference is if there is contact that prevents the goaltender from making the save, the fact that Carey Price did not react to said contact should have spoke volumes. 
And they asked him afterwards, like three different times, Carrie, was that interference? He was just like, I don't know. I haven't seen the replay of it. If you're goalie, and we know how Carrie Price is, if Carrie Price is not saying a damn thing about this contact, especially yeah. when your team has just killed off two straight power plays or, or just are in the process of killing, and that would the, – the initial penalty in Montreal for delay of game for the challenge was their third straight penalty having to kill. I thought that was such a rookie coaching error. I thought – I don't know what they were trying to get there. It, it was ridiculous. I, no hyperbole, the worst coach's challenge I've ever seen. I liked your tweet last night. I've lost what little hope I or little hope I had for Dominic Ducharme. Oh, I thought that was already gone two weeks ago. Uh, it's just yeah, but after game one, I'm like, okay, we can do it. There was that and glimmer. Shuffled the lines and it was complete garbage. As anyway. soon as you texted me that he shuffled the lines, I started laughing. I'm like, I can't believe. You know what? Because I was looking out for it in game one. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's see if he pulls this off. Because knowing Ducharme, I was expecting it. Yeah, and, and see, that's the thing is I had faith again after game one, especially, and then going to game two, it was like, all right, Evans is gone. Let's go get Suzuki in there. I mean, uh, Kakinemi. Right. And, and like, yeah, I did move Kakinemi up in the line shuffles, but, you know, whatever. We can talk about line changes after, because let's see if he makes any more for tomorrow's game. Not tomorrow? Do they play tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the day after, because it's a back-to-back, right? Yes. I hate hockey. Um, Are we seeing different goalies in the back-to-back? Probably, if for that, Toronto at least. That that game, if, if if it's Freddie Anderson, Montreal have to win that game. They have which, to. Win. Which one game? Uh, if there is a game where Freddie Anderson plays, ah, uh, that would be like game four, right? Cannot afford to lose. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. Mm. Um, yeah, no, the, the line changes were were complete crap. But you know, before that is 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 really uh, what's really cool about looking at the Leafs winning this is. I didn't know much about Felino playing center. First off, he won 81% of the draws, which Montreal like very much had a control in the faceoff dot game one. Game two, the Habs completely just blew blew the pooch, and guys like Matthews now really stepped up, including yeah, Felino, I think it was 81%, something like that. Um, and and Alex, what I really like is last year when they made the super line against Columbus, it just yes. made Nylander play center. We know that's not really an amazing option. No. Character win for Tavares. And at the same time, Nick Foligno comes in, plays a really important role that you knew with Tavares out, they needed to fill that second line center. Yeah. And it freaking worked. It, it did work. And I think the way Foligno plays, yeah, for the most part, he does play on the wing. And I know in the past he's played center, but I think he can play center if need be. Like, yes, I'd rather have John Tavares playing center. Or like I take, but I take Nick Foligno over playing center over Galchenyuk over Kerfoot over Engvall like over any other any of the other options that we have, I mm-hmm. or they have I would, I would still take Nick Foligno, um, playing center. And last night I think it did, it did work out for the team. I was pretty surprised at first because we did when Tavares went down, we did see a lot of Alex Kerfoot in game one. And it and, did not look. Yeah, right. it didn't work. And I was just kind of thinking, like, are they going to roll with that again and just stack his wingers? You know, Kerfoot had a really good game too, as well. Last night, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. I think in the role, yeah, that when he's put back in the role he's already been the whole year, he's he's good. Also, uh, yes. I had a note on the series. It was like, ah, so the power play is still crap on both ends. And then I almost tweeted, but I didn't because I knew it was going to bite me in the butt. And it did. 
Um, good thing I didn't do it, though. The power play woke up for the Leafs last night, which was pretty cool to see. No, look, for you guys it was. I hated it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it uh, – I don't remember the last time the team – I think I saw a tweet last night. It was back in March where the team had scored two goals on the power play. Mm-hmm. So and, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. A big part of it stemmed from the fact, Daniel, that the, the Habs were only respecting Austin Matthews' shot and then the bone crusher Rasmus Sandin, the shooting threat. Can we even say it? Uh, hey, go. Enter Sandman. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen the link to that in our various group chats over the past. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I The group chat, Instagram... Every, um, Daniel's put it everywhere. I'm putting it everywhere. I I am riding with that. That is like, I don't know. I, that's what I'm going to take from the series for now. Interesting, okay. man. Yes, uh, sure. I just love it. You know, pop culture really reference, song. perfect. Kid Cooey, Pursuit of Happiness. I'm I'm not a big pop music guy, yeah, but man. that song is great. Song. Amazing. The Habs have um, like their playoff trailer video with it is really really good you should all check that out um, i actually want to say this for game one yeah but because the whole thing is the Tavares thing is the most important but i just loved that the leafs came out with babble o'reilly huh when uh, it was like one of the previews where it was babble o'reilly playing and then i think james myrtle also said like yes perfect perfect choice oh, i'm trying to remember is that a song yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't remember what. Bravo. Oh, okay. I don't know what to say about that. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. We'll, we'll play it after. Like, okay. Not in this recording because we don't have the licensing for it. But Because money. In our free time. Yeah. I still don't like that national anthems are copyright. That's. that's are they? Yeah. So I, I, I love watching the Twitch streams right wow. there. And there's audio cut out of some of them when they play in that. Don't ask why I'm watching the of a national anthem. It's just, it's a, it's a meme, right? That is there's news to one. me. Yeah. And apparently some of them can get cut for copyright. Like Finland's like that. Um, Russia. Of course. Russia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, um, game three and four will be in Montreal. It will will be you be fun. outside the Bell Center? Um, I mean, technically you already are, but are you going to be physically close to the Bell Center? No, I'll be pacing at home extremely nervous. Mm-hmm. I, again, if they lose, like, first off, I think it is a win for Montreal that they're going home tied 1-1. Not a lot of people thought that was going to happen. I don't think a lot of people thought that they would win a game. So... Again, you don't. You're not in trouble until you lose at home, especially if you're the underdog. And that's not me saying the Leafs are in trouble. Please, people, don't take that out of context. But the Habs, this is this series is technically going the best they could have, to be honest. It's just they mentally gave up after the second period. I thought they really did, and we'll see what happens in Game Three or Four because you know the Habs are going to try and keep it tight. The Leafs are going to do their thing. I, I don't know. I, I we'll see what happens now, but like I think Carey Price is still playing well. By the way, even like last night, I don't know if you can blame any of those goals on him. Like he's still wicked. So. He's cracking the puck well, and that is just 
Oh wow, he broke his stick at practice. He much he must be bad now. How dumb was that, by the way? Pumped up. Well, no, it, it was McClain the other way around too. What? Braun McLean called it a tantrum twice on the broadcast. Yeah, I did. I heard that. I like. What are you going on about? So no, no respect, no respect. Anything else you guys want to uh, talk about with this Uh, series? Yeah, I don't remember the name of the other outlet, but God, like shame on the Toronto side. Like oh, just everything, yeah. just oh, everything. Yeah. I had, so I didn't believe I, I saw it in the morning. Um, I was working downtown um, and I, I saw it when I woke up and I'm like, okay, I don't believe that this was actually the, the, the front cover. So they still, ha- I don't know what the technical word is for these things, but you know, the boxes that have the newspaper, you put the 25 cents in, you open oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're called, but I'm calling them newspaper boxes. So around the corner from the job site I was working at, they actually have them, they have them out there. One of them is for the Toronto Sun. So I just walked by it, and, like, it was, that was it. Like, I was still in awe of, like, this is what you woke, like, you woke up, or you went to bed the, the night before and said, this is what we're putting on the front page the next morning. May I say that you had a classic news moment, by the way, no. Alex? Why? Because like, that's the first, like the first, you know, I don't know, like when you cut out all the social media, so like that's the first time you, like that was the first time of the day you saw it. No, no. I oh, saw no, it, it was in not. the morning. I saw it in the morning, but I didn't oh, think okay. it was real. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. I thought that was <laughs> fake. Was it, was the other one, was it the Journal de Montreal, de Montreal? I think so. You said you so, sent it to me. I, I didn't actually know that was a thing until you sent it to me. Let me find it. I want to double check it that it is the journal because I currently have an article up from the journal that and this is not the cover of the newspaper, but it, it is a, a web article. Um and the and the front headline picture is of Tavares being held up by his, by you know, um, members of the medical staff. That's the one from that's the picture they used from the sun for the sun. Okay, so, and what's really fun, it's just, this one's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different angle, but yeah, it's, it's basically the same picture. But what's really ironic here is if you then look at the, yes, yeah, so it is the journal. So the journal, not only did that cover another inappropriate one, they then have an article up that says the John Tavares incident, and it's an article talking about the Toronto Sun being critiqued about it. And they have the exact same thing. Yeah. And they have the same picture in both their web and physical article on it. Include they even put the Sun's article like front page on it itself. It, it is pure hypocrisy. It is I think someone in Vancouver did it as well. It's it's complete I hate using this term. It's there's just no class to it. The, it's classless. Yeah, the, it's just yeah. Chalduba said it perfectly. Well, it is see, a like, disgusting like, thing to see. Yeah. The, the the Toronto Sun released a statement afterwards. I don't know if you guys saw it. Oh, oh did I? But it pretty much said, yeah, so we did it. Um, we don't care. <laughs> sure. Like, we did it. Like, ima- this is the way I look at it. Is if it is someone in that newsroom who that it happened to, and the family member saw it, how would the family member react? That's exactly it. You know, 
Um, a lot of people were also talking about how many times it was replayed. And then Adam Wilde defended it, saying, like, in broadcasting, that's how it is. People tune in here and there. Um, I remember Daniel Ricardo criticized yeah. F1 for how the replays were were shown for Romain Grosjean's crash at Secure last night. It was Bahrain? No, it was Secure, right? Um Anyway, it was it was on the Bahrain circuit, but it was either Shakir or Grant. It was anyway. I, I don't um, know which one. But he was he criticized F one for how that was broadcasted, right? Yeah. And the way I always look at this stuff is if you're in that scenario, like you you always put yourself in a scenario if, if you really want to judge it, right? I would not mem- want myself or a family of mine, like member or anything, to be in a scenario where like something that happens to them and it's just shown off and like over and over again. If it's like treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Like it's simple as that. It, it, there's no place for it. It, it. it goes against like everything we're taught as journalists. I feel like we've had this discussion a lot. Of yeah, the tabloid mentality where they yeah. don't care. They got our click already. Yeah, exactly. You and, yeah, I send some very furious texts to multiple people, mm-hmm. <laughs> including mess- you guys. Messy couple of days. Um, I'm well, I didn't say you send it to a few people that work there. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I was no. like, Steve Simmons' number? Can he come come on the show? <laughs> I would take Steve Simmons on the show just because I just want to. I just want to get into his his thought process. You know what I mean? Would he give it to us? Like first episode? I don't know. Maybe like this is gonna be like a far ranging. Let's make it clear, we are not fans of Steve Simmons. Just to oh, be that oh, clear. If, no, yeah, if but, you got this far into the podcast, um, like any episode. Yeah. No. If this is episode one for you, you're not like Steve Simmons fans. I don't like Chris Kreider. I'd have him on the show. Of course I would. We don't like Gary Bettman. We take him on the show. Uh, do I not like? No one likes Brad Marchand. We take him on the show. I would talk to Brad Marchand. I'd love to talk to Brad Marchand. The, you know what's uh, yeah. really funny, by the way? Um, my my Caps fan buddy Owen, I've been telling you guys about, right? Yeah. He Owen Power, right? No, not no. Owen Power, no. Okay, sorry. Well, he FaceTimed me during yeah. the Ducharme coaches review just to be like, that sucks, man. And I said back to him, um, thank you, Owen. I'm sure next time Brad Marchand scores an OT winner versus you, I'll be sure to give you a call back. <laughs> and on that note, we really test our friendship sometimes with these texts. What? That 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 that's a that's a dicey text. No, no, it was it was dicey FaceTiming. Yes, it was quite spicy. Good guy. Yes. Guy. Game three is where it started to unravel for the Washington Capitals. There have been three. <laughs> I just want to get it out of the way that Craig Smith had the Oats overtime winner, and I've always been right about him. <laughs> I just want to get that out the way that Craig Smith is great. Also, watching this series is, you know, the past couple of years, I think we've all kind of thought, okay, maybe Brad Marchand has settled down a bit. And no. he's, you know, back to, you know, he's just a good star player, scoring plays hard. He's really turned into a rat again. It's the playoffs. It's his yeah. environment. You know what I mean? It's just like what we said, the physicality of, this, of everything, of um, all these confrontations that's going on between these players that, like the way you see the way Anthony Mantha reacts or what he's done, like of course someone like Brad Marchand is going to feed off of that. Especially in Mantha got a fine for that, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What a weird goaltender. The, the Cats have just yes. seemed to have lost it. You know, I thought Samsonov, Samsonov, 
was great in game three, by the way. Completely screwed the pooch on the Craig Smith goal, though. Yeah. Ovechkin looked like he was going to eat him, by the way. <laughs> and then, But then in game four, I mean, the Caps had all the power play chances in the world. They couldn't convert on any of them. Samsonov, Samson, I think it's Samsonov. I've been told both. I know. He was good as like he was good in that game as well. But then as the game went on, I felt like he just yeah, eventually in that scenario you just needed a save. The frustration was really building for Washington, and then that Orlov penalty. First off, it wasn't a hit to the head, but he changed direction. He left his feet, and you know how there were those hits where everyone says, "Oh, they left their feet," when it's just the force of them delivering the hit. He left his feet like physically, yeah, and he hospitalized the dude. And he didn't get a suspension. What is going on? And oh my god! Again, and like beside that, like the Caps are fighting for their lives today. I'm so disappointed in this team. I thought they were going to come out and and not destroy the Bruins. But if there's a team you expect to really punish you once they get to the power play, it's Washington. And like Backstrom right. hasn't scored. Kuznetsov hasn't scored. It's a mess with them. I'm, it's a I, real mess. I'm very curious curious as to what has changed. Because if you uh, – I think there peop, there's people who would argue, if you watch game one and game two, that Washington deserved to win those games. Um, obviously, they did it. But it just seems the last two games has not been great for Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can imagine that Samsonov goal that – that must have demoralized. Like I, there, it has to have demoralized at least Samsonov, and that ha- probably rolled into the next game. Mm-hmm. But still, like, it's as if like we talked about Brad Marchand be, being a rat again. It's as if he is getting into every single one of their heads. I believe the term you're looking for is rent free. <laughs> Yeah, oh, but that, it's only it cool. That was only cool in 2018. Yeah. That's, so, um, <laughs> what I kind of felt too is we. I've mentioned this before in my preview that for Washington to have a chance, they're gonna have to rally again as a unit because they ever since that cup win, they've gone through quite a a few things where they didn't look like they really tried in the playoffs last year. That they had that uh, you know, quote unquote party or so at the hotel that they didn't feel like winning. And then this year with the whole COVID thing with uh, Ovechkin and the other Russian players that I think it was time for them to kind of show that, no, we're, we're a mature team and we have what it takes to keep on going. I think that they have gotten better from what people kind of speculated, but it's just not quite there. And I think, again, the Bruins are working more as a unit to, really fight off what the capitals have been given the power plays the shots the opportunities there's also a and alex he kind of talked about it there with the demore like being demoralized they're making a lot of mental errors the game two winner the uh the brandon dylan crappy clear was bad again samson all we mentioned it's just not in the character of the washington capitals or what we believe they are I'm not saying that this is it for the Capitals. Um, and, you know, let's just figure Let's just focus on getting Ovi past Wayne at this point in the regular season. I'm not saying that at all. But, and I don't think they're done. I mean, the series, at the end of the day, you're going to look back at this series and you're going to think, yo, three of them went to overtime. You know, it's funny. It's funny it's Taylor Hall because I think people mentioned before he was in a series and, like, oh, he was either 
playing for Windsor or against them. And it was a five-game series and, like, all but one or all of the games that went to overtime. Man, that guy. And, by the way, he's been good. Yeah. I hate Boston. <laughs> Bergeron's been great. Gracie's been great. Mike Riley's been good. Tuka Rask is still great. I, I need to stop counting them out. I need to stop it. I wonder how many people in Boston are walking back their comments on Tuka Rask. Oh, no. They're, yeah, there's uh, nothing. You'll, you'll have a 927 at the end of the playoffs, losing game seven, and then they'll still say he needs to go. That's I mean, it's, it's not from 959, but it's still really good. Mm-hmm. It's not as good, though. It's a great stat. I mean, like, you know, good, good for, for, good for Tuka Rask. Great goalie, always has been in the playoffs, but he is probably the second best goalie right now in the playoffs because Marc Andre Fleury, through four games, has a 959 save percentage. Is he good or something? And by the way, Vegas are good again. Mm -hmm. One more thing before we get it to Vegas. Marc Andre Fleury is tied for third all time in postseason wins right now with Curtis Joseph. What's the number? What let me let me look for that, but I and just just keep it up because I want to ask you about the guys ahead of him because that's okay. Um, well, we did have this. Well, we, we have having, to, we have to. He mentioned it, and now we have 10, to. Part this 10 is how of it this works. Debate. Oh, and okay, if we're talking about gully sets, Carrie Price, game one, 31st career playoff win for number 31. I thought that was pretty cool to mention. Interesting, but I think Alex, I think Vegas needs to send us a gift basket because I feel like we woke them up. I think every team needs to send us a you know who dessert you know who we need the biggest gift basket from? Boston. Josh Archibald. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Okay, um, you know, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to Edmonton, we'll get but I am not surprised at what's happening in that series. Absolutely I, not. I just I just I think we he should send us lots of gift baskets. But yeah, Vegas should send us a gift basket too. He should buy you a PS5. Honestly, because I it's a pain in the ass to f- try to get one. Um still? I don't know. I haven't really tried recently, but the beginning was an absolute nightmare. I forgot who it was. I think it was Conan O'Brien. I remember when Joe Biden said um, anybody who wants it will get a, like, will get both vaccines. Yeah. And then Conan O'Brien said anybody who wants it by November will get a PS5. And people are like, how is it easier to get a vaccine than a PS5 right now? Liar. <laughs> so hard to get. PS5 Anyways, PS5. I don't think it's updated right now because Flurry's still sixth on this list. But I, I already know you want you still want me to show it, Adam. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Are oh, you gonna share your screen? Yes, that's cool. Awesome. Because Adam you should wants be able to see to. it. All right. We already know. <laughs> okay. So go. yeah. So so Mark Andre Flurry. Right now, it has him as 84. Yeah, they got to work on that. Belfour is 88. Yeah, same with Billy Smith. Grant Fuhrer, 92. Um, Martin Burdor, 113. Oh, 151. Wait, who's, is who's it that? wins or shout-outs? Shout outs? Oh, these are wins. That's wins. And, wow, 151 uh, for Patrick Waugh. So if you hit shout-outs, it should, it should work. Awesome. I know, so but sure. yeah, Broder has the most shout-outs. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's great. I mean, shout-outs are great, but I think you prefer no. wins total. How, how many cups it? does how, – wait, how many wait. cups does Broder have? Yes, how three. I'm just – Three, wow, wow. That's da- three. Four is better than that, though. Daniel, can you do me a favor? I'm just really curious at who has the most losses in the playoffs. Okay. The most playoff uh, losses. I'm just, so, I'm just curious. Isn't it – because, I mean, it's like virtue, isn't it? Patrick no, no, just Wog Daniel, scroll up and then hit L. Hit L. Yeah. It'll sort it by – yeah. 
Oh, we're waiting for it. Why does it refresh? That's so. Okay, uh, Daniel, why do you have like six up? It is also that is uh, kind of disappointing. That it, it is Patrick Waugh. Hold on, how many Nine. games played? Oh, well, okay. So Patrick has three more losses and forty plus games compared to Martin, <laughs> the Martin Broder. Get out of here! Don't even try that. That's goalie of all time. Um, also on the Minnesota front, Daniel, it's on Zach Parise watch now because Marcus Johansson unfortunately suffered a broken arm. Yeah. Listen, uh, uh, the series is done for Minnesota. I mean, they're still in it technically. I don't know if Parise is gonna do much, but uh, this could very well be the last stretch we see of Zach Parise's in Minnesota. Which is insane for me. I don't know what they're going to do. They still have five seasons at 7.5 million. And towards see, the end of the season, he was a fourth. He was playing the fourth line or, and then he had what? Six consecutive games as a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't know what they're going to do. They'll figure it out. I because mean, they have to resign everybody soon. Yeah. They'll figure it out. You know, I'm sure. Seattle will take a few assets. I'd like to say, too, because I really believe this may very well be the end for the Wilds. Amazing run, by the way. But there's so much more hope in uh, in Minnesota that it's not like it was before where they talked about. You know, hold, 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 hold. Before yes. you do the post, wait for them to get eliminated. I know, I know. but I'm like, whatever tomorrow. happens, whatever happens, <laughs> they're they're like. The progress continues. That's a fair point because in previous years, when they squeak into the playoffs and then get eliminated in the first round, it's don't talk about like, it. Okay, what's the future for this team? And there just be all these questions. But at least this year, Kaprizov, uh, and that first line in particular, Kaprizov, Erickson, Eriksenek, and Greenway, like you got some like potential there you still got like marco rossi who could play next year like there's guys who you know are coming and it's mm-hmm. like there's hope here with I, I mean at the end of the day they lost in the first round to a stanley cup favorite right which is kind of what they've been doing for a decade instead sure. of Instead of it being Chicago, it's now Vegas. It's Vegas. But, yes. but no, like Kaprizov is like arguably the most talented forward they've had since Mary Gabrick. Mary Gabrick is he still a Sen? I don't think. Oh, so. I no, think he's, he's a Lightning. He's a Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah, with the Cedric Paquette trade. Yeah. <laughs> Who is on Carolina now because of the Galchenyuk trade? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dion Phaneuf? Did he retire a king? He's a free agent still. I thought he retired. Did he? He might have. I think he's still listed as a UFA. That's unfortunate. He's going to sign a one-day contract with Toronto? No. Um, I don't think he could do that just out of kindness. Who cares? To Calgary. He can do it with Calgary. No. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's talk about... Let's talk about Edmonton Winnipeg. Sure. Roll Winnipeg, baby. Okay, here's what I'm going to say here. Hellebuck's been great. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. When we looked at predicting the series, I, I said that this is not basketball. Okay? Correct. I watched the playing game, by the way, between Golden State and the Lakers, right? Correct. And I saw what Steph Curry could do. And I saw LeBron sink that three after being hurt in his eye, which was my lord. By the way, the fact he's not getting suspended, is uh, yeah, terrible. Anyway. Preferential treatment. It is disgusting. And I'm not saying this as a Suns fan. 
I mean, anyway, I mean, don't it doesn't matter. The Nuggets are going. I'm full Nuggets, by the way. I'm Why the are they called the I would okay. I'd say that if Jamal Murray didn't tore his meniscus. They got Jokic. Is it Jokic? I Jokic. I thought it was Nikolai Jokic. Like Jokic. It is. It's Jokic. Jokic. I thought they it was the Joker. For the longest time I was listening to Donald's podcast. Check that out. And it was they said Jokic. I'm like, what? I thought it was Jokic. Show how much I know about basketball, but I'm a Nuggets fan. Have you been saying Donald wrong the whole time? Donald. 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 <laughs> he doesn't actually say the Y in his name. It's just Hig. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's not basketball. Yeah. So, Dreisaitl and McDavid. Because only having those two scoring has worked out for how many years now? Not. Sure. And they're down to nothing. Because McDavid is, by the way, completely being penalized every time he touches the ice. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's all. It's quite all officiating, man. I don't but know what's like, going on with their top three score, though. Dude, their top five scores overall, or like their top six scores, are like McDavid, Dreisaitl, Leon, Donna Nurse, Barry, and then it's like Nuge and um, Polar Harvey, aka the guys who are playing at the same time all the way. After that, it's like Alex Chason in the regular season. You know how upsetting it is that they. They have like no points. I I have so that was, for, that, that for my fantasy me. team, I have McDavid, Dreisaitl, Barry, and Nurse. Don't you it, also have Nikita the Kucherov? By the way, I do have. Nikita we'll talk Kucherov. about that later. Oh, yeah. God, I'm mad about that. McDavid has zero points. Nurse has one point. Barry has one point, and Dreisaitl has no points. I, I just, guys. I just want to put it out there that, like, listen, the Oilers are not going to win. Like, and I, I, I have been saying this since the start of the series. I don't know how people really thought and looked at this series and thought, yeah, that's how it's going to work. Sidney Crosby has, like, a goal in his series versus the Islanders. This is how it works. Like, it, 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 we do not have this in hockey. A single player, like a, go- like, a goalie can only even do so much. They can't score a goal. I, I don't know how everyone counted out Winnipeg so easily here. I think, like, the lack of respect. And they've won the first two games without Nick Ehlers, who was apparently playing game three. I think he said yes. it himself. Yeah. yeah. This morning, man, it was announced. Jets and six, guys. I, I told you, Jets and six. Jets and six. See Jets and six. It's happening. I'm very disappointed in Connor McDavid. Oh, uh, now, now he's going to have six points. Yeah, now, now he heard this and then – but they're still going to lose 7-6. Listen, all I want is him to just, even if they lose in 7, I just want him to put up a bunch of points. It would really help. And then I can't wait till till the answer is all right. Let's start Josh Archibald back or Zach Cassian. I'm still waiting. I'm like who is going to be 2016 Phil Kessel? What the, just the guy who comes out of nowhere and feasts on the third line? Yeah, on that team? Yeah, on any team. Apparently Josh Archibald. Josh Archibald. <laughs> yeah, he's um I can't even say with a straight face. There's a joke to be made in there, but like I I can't. Yeah. Um but uh, ridiculous stuff, ridiculous stuff. Game 3, I'm excited for it. Not really, but Colorado St. Louis. Actually, no, no. We'll we'll go there a little later. We'll go there a little later. Okay. So game 3 between Tampa Bay and Florida. A wild game yet again, and and when you know a game that gets a little crazy and scoring happy, the Panthers end up winning the game. However, in Game Four, um, Tampa go up three one 
in a different sort of messy game where the Panthers, I think, are really starting to show that they're a bit outclassed here. Um, yeah. Like their lack of experience in the postseason is, and I regret saying that in seven. <laughs> so Anthony Duclair with that late game slash on Kucherov, and then like Sergachev, like that was technically a clean hit, but like that close to the boards, I think could have been kind of dangerous. But like I don't think that's a suspension. Like I, there are worse hits. Yeah. But like I don't know what the hell Anthony Duclair was thinking there, and ignore that. I don't know at the same time. I don't think there's been anything on the hearing or that, but a player knows that there is no padding in that area around the knee. Uh, I think Nick Dowd earlier in the cap series took a shot down there and he missed some. He fit and he came back and played the game because hockey players in the playoffs. But like, that's such a dirty spot to go after a guy. This is a Kucherov who I just want to quickly get up here because if you guys remember, I said Kucherov was going to be rusty and that he wasn't going to get going right away. And while I mentioned that, he has nine points in four games. So I have this tweet here. This is from Joe Smith. He writes for the Athletic. Um, nothing Great coming name. from <laughs> nothing coming from player safety on anything from Lightning Panthers game four, uh, including Duclair slash on Nikita Kucherov. Which, by the way, Kucherov had made the pass. Like, he didn't have the puck. It was completely unnecessary. I didn't even realize where he hit him at first. I think it was just, it was, I mean, it not just was, but I mean, it was a frustration move that, yeah, like you said, where the Panthers getting outclassed with everything. It's just, I think last game was really, when I talked about that, where I said, like, the Panthers look like they're just kind of, running out of gas like it's just they, they can't keep they can't keep pushing against these waves that like the lightning keep having on all four lines on every defensive pairing i think there's a difference between knowing that you're being outclassed and crossing the line because i think when you when you know you're being outclassed maybe you'll finish a check harder than you have to or something like that but like that like duclair skated by him and slashed him like that's just beyond like what are you doing there like i get i get emotions are high i get it's a fast paced game but i think that was a little beyond when he, what what was go what else was going on in that game the panthers also need to decide who they're going in that for next game uh, cuz at this point drieger's not been fantastic Bobrovsky has not been fantastic it, 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 it looks like there have been two games where, you know, Bobrovsky started. Now Drieger's in. Drieger starts. Now Bobrovsky's in. There's no consistency. And, and Spencer Knight was apparently practicing, so that's happening. Do you think the f- going back and forth affected their – like going back and forth on the goalies affected them? Because Bobrovsky sucks, and Drieger does not play off experience. Yeah, I and think again, it's 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 Tampa. Yeah, that yeah, no, I, that, they that's have been true. taking advantage of, but that's I'm sure true. it doesn't help like confidence wise. But at, at the same time, they were never going to um, they were never going to match up well in net against Andre Vasilevsky. No. I saw it this way. In the world. I saw it this way. So the whole Columbus Tampa Bay series when the Lightning gets swept. 
that's Count Dooku against Anakin in episode two. But then the lightning come back in episode three as Anakin, and then they, they face off against against Bobrovsky again. Fair. Um, I, I, I think that was the last good version of Sergei Bobrovsky we ever saw, too. Was um that sorry, was that series again when we was in Columbus? Because since then it's just the moment he signed that contract was like, ah, cool, 898 save percentage. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I'm going to make the prediction that I think Spencer Knight seals game six and then game – he seals game five. Then game six will be a very tightly contested Tampa Bay Lightning win. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be seven more game. anymore. Yeah. I give yeah. him two more. I give him two more, but uh, Tampa are going to win the series. I just uh, – I, I don't know. And I bet Kucherov and that aren't really – I bet they're good now. Um, they might be a little dinged up, but – Everyone was thinking, like, at the end of that game, the way it was going, did they need to bother to come back to the bench for the end of it? No. You want to protect them in that? And it was also kind of weird, and we might as well talk about it now, because John Cooper in the post game, John Cooper is a, a lawyer. He was. He has a degree or something like that. And he was very careful with his words. He had a sigh. He just stopped talking. And apparently on headlines, there was a talk about that fines can be going to some coaches soon because a few of them have been talking out about the officiating, about Craig Berube at St. Louis. I think that team has a lot more issues than the not getting power plays, by the way. Shut up. Um, Rod Brindamore in Carolina. Apparently, they've been getting it really rough. I haven't watched a lot of that series because I don't care. And then John Cooper, obviously, in the most recent game. Cooper, I thought, was the most reasonable in the way that he said he didn't have a problem with tone sitting in the game. But what he said is there are guys with stripes, a.k.a. the reps, that are there to keep it clean and enforce it. Um, and they failed to do that in that series, especially in the last game. In the last game, sorry. Mike, in, Mike in the again. Kucherov just gets bullied. Sorry, Jeff gets bullied. Um, face punching. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's weird what they're allowing. Like it's not con- like what we said before. It's not consistent. It's uh, it's consistent for the playoffs. It's consistently oh. trash. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <Yeah. laughs> no, you know, um, yeah, it's like it's these things happening that like as as a coach, like if I was John Cooper, I would feel the same way. That uh, I really kind of felt that too. That. I'd see the, what he said too. Like those two star players go down and nothing is called that. And these are, these are plays that happen after the fact that the puck is already on the other way, going the other way on the, on the ice. Mm-hmm. You know what? I can't wait by the way for the next game. Like sometimes we see in the past in the playoffs, the coaches complained about the calls and then all of a sudden the next game, they get everything they want. What's also weird is, Doug, is it is it Doug Armstrong? Yeah, from uh, St. Louis. St. Louis is GM. Yes. Also had some stuff to say about this, which is I, I don't I don't I still don't see it going anywhere. But at the same time, that is a team that is fighting for their lives right now. He said something about the pl- Department of Player Safety. Did he not? Did he? It might have been included in what he said. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, he, you know what? I thought they got it right with the cadre suspension. And do you know what? We might as well go to um, St. Louis, Colorado now. 
Game two was not amazing for Colorado. They won. Now there was a point through the second where 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 St. Louis definitely started chipping away, um, but Colorado still had it out of reach. And by the end of the game, even after killing a five minute major penalty, they still had the game. There was still never quite a doubt. And we're gonna talk we're gonna talk Nathan McKinnon a bit because he's the best in the world. I'm saying I'm going again. Back. He's saying it again. But Nazem Kadri. I don't want to laugh because, like, God, I love Nas, but, man, he did it again. He suspended for eight games after delivering a garbage hit to Justin Falk. I think he's questionable for the rest of the series. Man, it's – I think at this point, by the end of this suspension, he would have been suspended for more playoff games than he's played. Wow. I believe that. Was it, like, 61%, I believe? It's something that's like yeah. that. It's not great for him. It, and he was doing so well, too. He was so good in the playoffs last year for Colorado. Wasn't suspended. And then it's just he throws that hit. And he just he catches him right in the head. Like, that's the prototypical, like, no questions asked. That guy's out of there. Like, he had, he had time to say, I'm not going to hit him in the head. And he still did it. It was 3-1. You didn't need to deliver that hit. And also, like, yeah, Justin, that was like the shooting motion. You couldn't get out of there. No, it was – he knew exactly where he was going there. It was – this is exactly why he got traded. And, like, like, listen, we all know that the Leafs lost the trade because Barry just didn't work. He wasn't a fit, right? He wasn't a fit Fabcock, yeah. It was the right move simply from what we see here. It, it just simply is. Um, you, you, can't I mean, okay. have, you can't have your second line center. And I guess in that other, in the later year, you can't have your third line center do something like that. Like in the most important time of the year, you cannot pull that off. No. So this is a random thing, but um in a way, I know it, it like okay. So, are we looking at the trade itself or what they've been able to do with that right side? Because I'm like, no, just the I trade. mean, okay, because like technically TJ Brody yeah, signing TJ yeah. Brody was part of the NAS. No, it wasn't. He, okay. well, I mean, he, he turned the trade been. down, he, but right, it had right. nothing to do with it. Yeah, no, that's okay, a free okay. agent sign. That was Dubas going out and getting the guy he wanted originally. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. for me, what I kind of felt is, I don't know. It's just it's another thing where I really felt like he work this out out of his game for Kadri that I really felt that for me, it was like, okay, it was the Boston effect that he's seen them so many times. He is considered, you know, the, one of those tough guys that you would put out there against like, you know, Boston's nastiest. And I really felt that that just came out and the whole Jake DeBrusque uh, fiasco that that was just another example for it. But now that it happened against St. Louis when he, when he's on Colorado, it's just, this one's just inexcusable. Like I never really thought the other ones were inexcusable, but there was, there was at least a narrative behind it where, okay, this may be to a certain degree justified, but now I don't think there's any of that. I thought that, did you guys see the Akimaloo tweet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll read it out here for the listeners, but just so we're all on the same thing here. Akimaloo on Twitter Nazem Kadri hit was mistake, but let's be real. An eight-game suspension in the playoffs is absurd. We see many other players, including past defenders, receive much lesser punishments for the same conduct all the time. I wonder what difference is, hmm, and then like the pondering face emoji. 
Now, Akimalu is a member of the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, Kadri was one of the players who, when the West had their, like, certain meeting when the players were striking, um, you know, um, he was one of the players in the front and center. Um, he's a visible minority. I think he's – is he – what's his background again? I don't want to get this wrong. For which, Kadri? Yes. Uh, is Lebanese. Okay. Yes. Listen, I, 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 I hate defending player safety. I really do. Um, and, you know, Akima Lu is, seems like a great guy, and he really has tried his best to help the game. And it's not his fault that the NHL hates working with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. However, people are still missing the fact that Tom Wilson was not suspended because they looked – like. Tom Wilson was not suspended because of the incident with, with Zibanej, not Zibanejad. He was not suspended with the Panarin and Butsnevich thing because he's white and like the repeat offender thing. He wasn't suspended because the NHL don't see that as a suspension. They saw it as roughing. And the way the NHL say it is repeat offending does not come into play until they determine whether something is a suspension or not. I'm not defending that. I think we all talked about Wilson should have gotten games for it. It should have been significant. I, I still think people are missing the way player safety do stuff, and they're realizing, like, they're not understanding their process. Now, I'm pretty sure in the wake of this, player safety then actually tweeted out some of their rules about, like, what a repeat offender is and, like, the money of it, Right. Like, Wilson is a repeat offender. Like, people don't – like, the money he's not, but he is. It's just by the league standard, he was not eligible to be suspended. It has nothing to do with race. And, like, the cadre stuff, it's not their roughing. It was a clear hit to the head. Like, it's not about race. Like, and I don't want to sound like that guy, but I thought this was way out of line. I don't agree – like – the idea that just so other players, like, I think that the if they want, if the Department of State Player Safety in the league want to get this right, that they they have to punish the players. Mm-hmm. I think they got it. I you heard like you heard it here. This is probably the only time I'm gonna ever say it. I think the Department of Player Safety got it correct in this call. Mm-hmm. He has done this three of the last four playoffs. This probably, by the way, could have been more games. I, I, I thought, honestly, I thought it would have been 10 or 12. So yeah, I, I, I was I, looking at 12. I thought this was going to go double digits. Like I, I said, I put a tweet out about it. I'm like, I think like in Toronto, he is a, Kadri is a fan favorite. Yes. Even when he retires, he will be a fan favorite. I saw people in Toronto saying that he, that like, come on, man, like you, you can't do this. Like Jeff Fayette, Rachel Dory, Steve Dangle, like they were all like, yeah, it, it was a total, it was a complete fair suspension. I don't think it was a mistake either. Like I may, I don't know, but he had plenty of time to move. Mm-hmm. He had, he had plenty of time to move. Falk was in, in motion of shooting and he still went up mm-hmm. you, you don't again the hit was not necessary it wasn't it, i think that's the big thing is it was it, it was avoidable i think that's that's the biggest thing um daniel 
Yeah, I don't know what it contributed towards that. What we said, like, it was not necessary at all. That it really kind of came out of nowhere for me that he like, charged in and he got, yeah, Justin Falk in his most vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. That there's no way moving around there. And again, like, there was no. There, there was no like preliminary thing that something happens and then he retaliates or that there was a situation going on that, you know, it, it, this was just inexcusable for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, looking at the rest of this series, by the way, um, two players I really want to talk about. First off, Kale McCarr. I, I think is I've mentioned this to you guys in the group chat. McDavid's the fastest skater in the world, but I seriously think Kale McCarr may be the best skater. The way he skates on the blue line is incredible to watch. He embarrassed. Was it Jaden Schwartz in that clip I sent you guys? It was like dog yeah. suit when he like geeked around, or like when Sid embarrassed McKinnon, or like the multiple like dog suit ankle breakers. I think he did one on Couture once. Holy crap! Do they just look like a wagon? And it, I have to say it, guys. I have to say it. I'm I'm back on this train right now. Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the world. <laughs> Holy crap, he's such a monster. He's so fun to watch. He is. It is uh I don't stay up too late to watch because they play what they all start at like nine, ten o'clock. I'm like, I can't do this. But when I watch the replays, it half of them are Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, come on, like he is he is very good. Very good. Like that whole McCarthy. Colorado team, like like I think, yeah, McCarr and McKinnon—they are the guys that are really driving everything. They're really giving us the highlights, by the way. And it's just what, like, for me, it's the team's responding to it. That everyone is coming together as a team, and it's just that's what I see that they have, and the Blues don't. That they have—I was gonna say—they're calm, they're collected. <laughs> I'm not talking about just the goalies, but um, oh my god, it's it's just there for me, like with Colorado that they've been able to kind of really show that they're playing as a team, that the frustrations aren't there and they just know how to capitalize. I just want to point out that, you know, uh, if we're going to do this um, back the first time the Oilers made the playoffs with McDavid back in 2017, you know, in, in 13 games played nine points. Okay, cool. Last year, nine points in four games, you know, pretty good. Couldn't get his team past the play-in round. That's you know cool. Oh come on! You You made the argument at the beginning. One player can't do everything. You can't yeah. do that. And now. and you know what? You I, just wanna, I, I just want to. I just want to point out here now. that in 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 nineteen playoff games, Connor McDavid has eighteen points. Not even point per game. What a loser! Doesn't even have one this playoff. Oh my god! Nathan McKinnon in forty. Holy crap! In forty-four career, forty-three. Playoff games. He has 61 points. Holy crap. I'm just saying it's just like, listen, I mean, all you can ask of, 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 of a star player is to do whatever he can to help bring the team over the hump. And all I'm saying is in his history, McKinnon has contributed to that where Connor McDavid has won a single playoff round. I'm just saying is that the, at the end of the day, the 100 points are great, but also at the end of the day, the regular season doesn't mean a damn thing. I'm back on the cause. Nathan McKinnon. How long do you think this one's going to last? What do you mean? 
Like, because I remember when you before you you apologize saying no, Connor McDavid is the best. In no, the because league. you know what? At the same time, McKinnon has been playing against the you know you know, oh my god, look at this Minnesota you know Minnesota have a great year, Kaprizov. Oh my god, of uh, 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 Vegas. Oh, this is amazing. And like McDavid had the Canucks where he had like seven points in like he just ridiculous. And no offense, I'm just saying maybe the numbers are inflated a bit. I'm just saying, me. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, McKinnon's been battling with Vegas all year. You know, it's basically the you know, the new you know better than Jonathan Taves. Like who is that? What Who's is the NBA? When you got Nathan McKinnon, I'm just saying he plays the big game. He's we're just such a hard ass to play against. He's electric. He's he's just he's a powerhouse. I mean, I, I'm just saying that Nathan McKinnon's a complete package. When, when was the last time you saw Connor McDavid throw a hit? Are you saying what? Connor McDavid is what a stat stuffer? I'm just saying that I think maybe Connor McDavid just could. I think. Have you watched him at a last game? He he gets penalized at least once a shift. And do you know what Nathan McKinnon can can actually take a hit? You know what? You know what? He can Who go one on three against. No one's ever said Connor McDavid. What are you talking about? All I'm saying is, you what know, are you talking about? Is like Nathan McKinnon can go through a man when McDavid has to go around. What? <laughs> what does that have to do with it? I'm, I'm just saying, it's like you know, there's what is this? What argument there. are you trying to make? I mean, who's Connor McDavid compared to Nathan McKinnon? I'm just, there's not much. I'm just, you know, Mc, McKinnon's oh my just. God. At the end of the day, Connor McDavid can learn a thing or two from Nathan McKinnon's work ethic. I said. Do you watch him like he's? The, I've seen him throw more elbows than anybody else. Okay, Connor yeah, McDavid. and half of them to where he's very cocky in his head. <laughs> yeah, because he gets penalized everything. I understand the frustration towards Carmen. And McDavid, that's another right? thing. McKinnon is disciplined. Oh my god. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is too good. Like, oh he's my god. Best player in the world. I love him so much. He's just so fun to watch. It makes staying up till one o'clock to finish a game that much more worth it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, they're the Blues are getting swept, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. But we're playing Gloria regardless. No, No, we're we're not. not. It's an overrated song, anyway. No, we're not. No, that's like that's why there's the like it's just so ironic. All right. Well, listeners, be sure to look out for Gloria on one of our social media. Platform probably yours. Yeah. Probably Daniel putting it on the Instagram story or something. Yeah, like who's ever doing the Instagram stuff lately? Great job, guys. Uh, I mean, sure. Did you just compliment yourself? <laughs> Did you just compliment yourself? It's like laughing at your own joke. That's like thinking Con McDavid plays the game hard when all he does is play fast. Oh. He said it. Oh my. Okay. At least McKinnon back checks. Oh my god. Oh my lord! Oh my! Oh lord! I hope okay, all of Edmonton um, goes after you. So, so Pitts, uh, come at me! I don't care. Make the playoffs. Win around. Win around. Dude, what do you mean? It's all right. Win around. Those are only one he's won. Okay, the Sharks. Remember when Martin Jones was good? I don't. It's been so long. Anyway, oh. um, let's talk about Carolina and Nashville. I am. I am going to see it. I am not qualified to talk about this series. Because uh, I don't think I've watched more than five minutes of it. I know that Nashville are winning, and they had a real barn burner loss against Duchesne. And, and you were wicked goal in, in double OT, by the way. I did see that. Also, I forgot, because it's been so long, Nashville's crowd is still so fun to watch. Yeah. 
you suck. It's all your fault. It's got to be kind of weird to be like, Nadalkovich, Nadalkovich. There's so much love. You suck. Or they just say Alex. I don't know. Nadalkovich. That's too much, man. Too much for a chant. Not not Alex? No. It's not nice. I don't like that. No, that's just, no, no, no. You can't. That one hurts. That doesn't work. I don't know. It's too long. I don't know. me. How? Alex is wait, well, hold on, hold on. So Nadelkovich, there's a problem. Nadelkovich, and you think Alex is too long. No, you have to stretch too, it. Well, oh, Pesci, no. No, I'm talking to Daniel. Oh. Talking to Daniel. Oh, for me, I don't know. Like, I feel like with chances, like it has to be accurate, but like there's a certain limit to it because if it goes too long, then you lose the like, like the secrecy of it. Rhymers and he's rhymers. It's two syllables. Rhymer. Like who's? Is there any stall? <laughs> stall? No, that's you know what? No. He's, he's been good. He's scoring like every game though. So Eric's no, not, not Eric Stall. Eight percent of the puck control. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, though, do you guys have anything to say about this series? Because I'm just waiting for Carolina to finish it up. Honestly, I I. I think it's been great. Nashville rallied because they looked really lethargic the f- first two games and they've been able to do things. I think that we compliment Carolina a lot based on the depth, based on just how likable they are. And for us, the way the Nashville narrative has been the whole year, I just kind of expected Carolina to sweep them. But the fact that they're fighting back and Matthew Shane is back in the headlines that things look like they're picking up a bit more on Nashville. But still, I think Carolina in six. Six. I think I had Carolina in five. If, uh, I'm, if yeah. I'm correct, I still think that is. I thought Nashville would squeak one out, but at the end of the day, I'm very high on Carolina. Um, I do think if they want, like they can make a run. Um, and I just, I don't think Nashville is in much competition for the, the team. Jordan Stahl, Sebastian Aha, was I call him Seb? Good friend of mine. Okay. Um, that could be the chant, Aho. Aho. Yeah. Aho. Offer sheet. He signed it. No, he can't finish it. There's another part of it. Anyway, last series Pittsburgh, New York. I was flabbergasted that Barry Trotz went back to Varlama for game three because he had another high glove, barely move flinch situation. And I thought, that's it. And by the way, that Nassau crowd is incredible. I forgot how much fun they are. Um, Pittsburgh took game three. By the way, Malkin coming back was really good in that game. Too bad at game four. He lost his temper again. And the Islanders really, really got to Pittsburgh. A real, real butt-kicking to the Penguins. They're not Emperor Penguins. They're like the little weird Penguins. That's what they were after that. Who were the weird Penguins? (laughs) I don't know. The ones from Madagascar. Wait, the ones who are like secret agents? Wait, wait, what are they again? Yeah, the the Penguins of Madagascar. Like you didn't see anything, Penguins? Yeah, the ones yeah, that uh, smile yeah, away, okay. boys. Smile and wave. I loved that stuff. <laughs> anyway, though, um, what an amazing surprise it is. You play Sorotkin. I think it's Sorokin, but Sorotkin just sounds better. So I'm going with Sorotkin. Sounds like an alcohol Sorok. Yep. Is That's that right. what goes through your mind? 
Is that is that the, no, there's a joke to be made? I'm not going there. Yeah, um, almost Chicago Blackhawk Ilya Sorokin. Yes. True. But anyway, massive win. This is this going seven? It's been so close. I think so. I think close, yeah. Like you know, as a series, it's been incredibly close. Yeah, I I, I think it's gonna go seven. Like it just it feels like it. Like you're right. Like it, the way how close it's been. It just feels like it should go seven. It's you know what this reminds you of because every time we talk about the Islanders is you know they don't have Anders Lee, but they still have that system and they've adjusted. The, I think the Penguins are a lot better than who they were two years ago when they got swept by the Islanders. But at the same time, like you know, okay, I'm gonna use another pop culture reference. I've used a okay. lot of those today, by the way. Um, you know, in T2, like Judgment Day for Terminator, you know, like the second Terminator guy who's actually the bad guy now, and like Arnold Schwarzenegger's the good guy? Okay. Yeah. Like the Islanders are like that second Terminator. Like, and I, I forgot, like, is it T200? And they just, like, you know how we adjust? He's like a body shifter mm-hmm. or like a shapeshifter. Like, he just, they, that's how the Islanders are. They're just adjusting to everything the Penguins are giving to them. I remember that they had their, you know, quote unquote nuclear line in a way when they put Malkin and Crosby on the power play. And, it's they it just hasn't it didn't work like they adjusted to arguably you know what may have been some of our Malov's mistakes but I feel like the Islanders are just that team like they they're a pain isn't that but what, they can't go away isn't that what the Islanders do best though adjust like yeah. the, their coach it, what's big for them as 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 well I think a big part of how they won the last game is is Barzell woke up it'd be nice if he could learn to shoot. Because my lord, that crowd was giving it to him to shoot the puck. They were like back-to-back plays. He had golden chances and he passed. And then like Ryan Pulak just had a clean blast and it trickled through. And it was the funniest thing ever. But like Barzell, Josh Bailey scored again. Eberle was huge. It's the big thing with the Islanders is when they get the chances from their big guys, they got to convert on them. And they have been. Meanwhile, like Sid's been quiet. So they've kept Sid down again. And at this point, it's just history repeat itself with that series a couple of years ago, or just Sid wake up. I think Sid wakes up. I hope Sid wakes up. Yeah. I hope he doesn't beat them because my bracket is at stake. But <laughs> oh, you oh yeah, you took the Islanders. Yeah, because man, the Islanders always win around. Like they're good. They're probably one of the more consistent teams over the past couple of years. It's yeah, like oh, yeah. they had a terrible end to the year. Who cares? They went around. Just I think it's work. because they're not flashy. That's the thing about them. It's just that people don't give them the respect because these moves are pretty good that they make, but they're just not flashy moves. Didn't they make the conference finals last year? Yeah, and then yeah. We're not, no one's talking about this. <laughs> it was just like, it dirt. Well, I mean, like, because, like, we can make, when we did make fun of them for, like, their cap situation, and then it's just, like, doesn't affect them in the season. They're good. You know, oh wow, Sorokin's just showed up and he's good, whatever. Um, I have a fun fact, by the way. What's that? That when you mention Matt Barzell and the crowd's always getting annoyed that he doesn't shoot enough. That was also criticisms that they had early early in their careers for Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton. Really? Yeah, that they were passing too many times. That are yeah, like they, these guys actually have amazing shots. They just don't use it. Shout out to Spezza stealing the puck from Simmons, by the way, and scoring power was, move right there. That was That's fun. eligibility for the Gordon Bombay that, power move of the year. <laughs> that was that was 
I didn't even notice that at the time. Mike pointed it out. To finish the show, we get to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. It's official. Jim Benning is back. Travis Green is also back on a two-year extension. I could not finish watching that press conference. It was so difficult. I think I made it about 27 minutes in. I could not do it. It was too many press conferences. I put it's no, it's not even that. It's just Jim Benning is is not is just I'm kind of like this. He's so awkward to listen to sometimes. It's just like, man, like just get him, forget like get him a, a president that can do the talking. But it's just like the way how he addressed the girl for the um, everything that's happening with Jake for and he's just like the girl put her post up. It's like, dude, he just has zero media training. And it's just, they asked him, it's like, okay, so is there anything you need to get better at? Like cat management, player relations. And he said, well, you know, we're moving from Utica to Abbotsville. And I think that's going to be pretty big to watch the team and go and watch games. And you're like, what? And Travis Green is just sitting there and he looks so tired. And you're just thinking, my Lord. And the big takeaway from this, guys, is apparently the Canucks are going to be aggressive. They want to make the playoffs next That scares year. me. Buyouts are on the table. And I am just thinking, oh, boy, what's the panic move? And I saw urinating tree joke that they're going to overpay Phil to know in the offseason. Well, <laughs> but, like, they were aggressive before. They've been aggressive. It did not go well. And it's the same general manager. They just got to be smarter with that. The best, Daniel. I know that's a blanket right. statement. Like, that, like, yeah, they should be smarter with it. But there's how many changes have been made in that front office? None. Like, not a many. Uh, the Judd Brackett's gone. Like, right? What? How have still, you seen the philosophy? Has the that, no, but has the philosophy with Jim Benning changed so that on July 1st or the whatever the equivalent is this year, that he does not go out and sign Brandon Sutter for five years? Oh, or four years. That like, one. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Has, is know. there a philosophy change? Well, considering he apparently hasn't talked to Alex Adler yet. No, they are still very patient with people, apparently. They take Alex Adler's going to day. Calgary. <laughs> Get no, I'm kidding. It just, it's just, it's just, it's just a funny thing. Where how many of them went to Calgary last year? Listen, I, I feel like we, you know, the the thing when you have a discussion and for a show like this, we want to try and look at both sides of the ice here, right? And I feel like with the Canucks, we are overwhelmingly negative. Yes. Justifiably so. Right. So. <laughs> Elliot Friedman was talking about how apparently the Canucks back in the day when they would like players would sign for less, they were taken care of. And he sort of talked about maybe like the Sedin's coming on board can maybe something like can be part of that to look at what's going on with the organization. So I'm kind of wondering like if you bring the Sedin's in for a player sort of relations type role, I think that could help. That's the only positive I could think of all this. Well, I'm not going to lie. I think there's one other positive. What's that? They brought back Travis Green. That is true, yes. I, I think that's probably the bit for me for me it is the biggest positive of, out of all of this. Like there are other other coaches out there that they can go get, but I think the guys 
the players in that room, and they've said it themselves, they really like Travis Green. Mm-hmm. And I think to keep him here, he's he's a good coach. We've seen what he can do. Like he he did take this team a couple steps further last year than what we expected. Yes. Making that playoff series against Vegas somewhat enjoyable. Right? The term is concerning though. I will say that. It's it's a, it's a very show me that. term, you know what I mean? I where I don't think he what deserved more can that. He show yeah. you the roster he has. I think that's very much of like because if they if they don't make it next year, Jim's gone. Like that, I yeah. I, the the well, vibe that we're know. getting that has to be it. I'm curious. Like I wonder what Jim Benning's right because his his contract was up this year or next year. Uh, I believe it was this year. So I wonder how long that his contract looks like and how that affected what Travis Green. Green's contract looks like as well. Listen, if they need That's to buy it out, I mean, they've spent enough money down their roster at the wrong places. I don't think they should really mind getting rid of the GM. That is true. Like they could just not do anything, and it's an improvement. Like Benny was talking, about, yeah, we need more offense down the lineup. It's like, I ah, I oh, something really interesting. Okay. He talked about the lack of development in players 23 and 24 years old. So I went and I looked up the ages, and I'm like, okay, oh, no. so who are 23 and 24-year-old? Can I? And there were three names that stood out to me. Can I take a guess at one of them? Sure. We'll Is go – you go, then then Daniel, we'll go back and forth and see if okay. you guys can get them. Yep. Okay. Is Jake Vertanen? Correct. Okay. Uh, Jonah Gajalkovic? No, that's not no. who I was thinking of. No. Okay. Alex? Oli Ulevi. Correct. Daniel, can you get the third Dylan one? Dylan Rathbone? No. Um, <laughs> I, would have said, I would have said Adam Gaudet, but he's obviously not on the It team. was Adam okay. Gaudet. Uh, I had man. a back look. He is not age range. Oh. And I thought that was hilarious to look at. Was I far off? Uh, it was... Yeah. Alex had all three. You okay. were... Alex and was kind of hitting them out like the thing you were fouling it. You, were, you win some, you lose some. I think it's like I was thinking 2014, 2015 draft. You were Dotsuk and and Alex was Nathan McKinnon. Like you're good, but okay, no, thank you. You know that's McDavid. a compliment. Thank you, thank you. You're Connor McDavid. Oh. You're really, really, really good, <laughs> but you were just a bit off the mark to okay. be that five tool player. There's no physicality or defense. <laughs> <laughs> Connor McDavid's not a big game player. Uh, oh, he's a real man. teammate, like a hundred points. I think that just means he's not passing. The oh goal. come on! <laughs> he, he he still would have been like top five without his goals. Yeah. He's passing the puck. That's like Wayne. Like if you take away Gretzky's goals, he's still the all-time leading scorer. Because it's disgusting. Because he's just not real. One. Well, that's the thing with. Like, there's the similarities, but physicality belonging to Gretzky's. <laughs> What are you? What, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm just saying, like Peter Forsberg. I mean, was the more complete player in taking over games. So I think we're seeing the next generation of Colorado players not getting what the respect are they are compared to Edmonton. <laughs> no one's not giving Ed, like. Uh, what? Mark Messi is good, but like he doesn't have any sort of funny bones in his body. You know, no, what, you have you seen the Lace Chips wait, commercials? Wait, wait, wait. No, they're I, terrible. I know. I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who's Hold the cookie it? over your head, Mark. Don't who's, be a sourpuss. Who's not giving credit to Nathan McKinnon? Everyone. That is not true. 
Just, I know people I keep just, talking about Paul Coffey, but not uh, Kale McCarr. Exactly. I mean, do you see the way that guy skates? I mean, like, man. <laughs> and with that, okay, we will finish the show by looking at the games today and giving our prediction. I won't lie. I miss the Vancouver Canucks games a lot, guys. Really? That's, uh, I really wish that they just kept playing. I know, right? And just never stop. Okay. First off. Yeah. Carolina Nashville. Carolina up two one. I'm taking Carolina. I am also taking Carolina. Yes. I'll say four two. Four two? Do you want to throw a score in there, Alex? Uh three one. I say six two. Wow. Okay. Boston Aho with a pair, Svechnikov with one, Stahl gets one. Dougie Hamilton has some stuff. Uh, I'm saying Colorado are going to finish the sweep off today. Get your brooms out, lads. Nathan McKinnon will have a two-point night. I'll say six Only one. two points? Only two. Because he'll, he'll know when the game is over, and he won't try to embarrass them. Like how Conor McDavid saw that the Canucks season was done and just kept pushing so he'd get 100 points so he can brag about it like a total – I, did he said he didn't care? No. All right. I would like to change my. He's such a liar. He's such a liar. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just. I'm on the cuffs of greatness here. I'm not a real teammate. I'm gonna change um, my prediction for Colorado. Okay. So they're gonna win six one, but we're finally gonna see a Jordan Bimington fight. I really hope so. In the third because, of course, I think Bimington's in your head. When they're is down four one. Okay. He is. You know, it's pretty funny. I'm probably like. Yeah, I, I've I've been like the longest fan of Jordan Bimington, I think. Uh, yeah, you've Little been a junior fan guy. Since Marty kicked him back to the minors. <laughs> um, so we're all agreeing, Colorado. Yeah, five okay. one. Um, Bruins Caps. For the sake of my bracket, the Caps are going to win. Lars Eller game winner. Uh, yeah, I think Washington comes out with a vengeance. Uh, today, after pff, the last two games have not looked great, uh, I think Nick, uh, I'm going to say bold prediction: Evgeny Kuznetsov has a game and a okay. half. I'm going to say they win. Capitals win, but in double OT, four three, and OV gets the winner. I still can't believe he doesn't have an overtime game-winning goal in the playoffs. Yes, that is see history. incredible to me. Okay, um, McDavid will take a penalty and Nick Ehlers will have the game-winning goal and <laughs> Winnipeg win. Um, I, I just, I'm just going to take Edmonton for the fun of it at this point. I think McDavid has like three points. I think it's 3-2 in overtime um, for Edmonton. For the sake of my fantasy team. I just want them to get points. Kucherov's nine. No, no. See, that's another thing against. If you had Nate McKinnon, your your fantasy, do. you'd be gold. Oh, you do. I do. What the hell? Who do you have? Uh, well, the thing with this pool is that you ju- you can pick. Everyone can pick any player they want to. See, and and McKinnon's letting you. Sorry, and and McDavid is letting you down right now because, you know, he's not performing. Well, so is Crosby and Gensel and. But you didn't get Gordon Gecki, Morgan Gecki. Where does Joe he is, play? So is Shay Theodore, by the way. Zero points. Just wow. ridiculous. And John Tavares, like ridiculous. That was Joe. Too <laughs> I was. <laughs> We're gonna end it there. Um, yeah. um, get well soon, John. Yeah. Um, we love you. 
Alex is the his Alex is the biggest fan of you on the show. Trust me. That's everything. Oh, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. Yeah, you've obviously he is. He needs to get. You just you know tell your guys to like lose, please. We're losing six, please. That's it. Um, I don't know what to say. Voice said, thank you as always for being a fantastic platform for the show. Check out my YouTube channel, Daniel's blog. No, Alex's blog, Daniel's stuff for the eye opener and the hockey riders. Well, I'm sure he'll do like a post more than one Minnesota season. He's already started it based on what he said on the show. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll finally let him write about Caprice. <laughs> um, what else? Um, check out all the show's socials, including TikTok. Yes. Where you can check out our crazy stats and how the Laval Voisins were a very disappointing team in 83-84. Exactly. YouTube, our own socials. I think that's it. We'll be out there. Before we go, though, I do want to say one more thing. If it's about Nathan McKinnon, I'm just going to hit stop. Roll Winnipeg. Oh, okay.